Welcome. Hi. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm very excited and honoured to be uh, hosting this very special celebration of what is, let's face it, the best TV programme in the world. Yes. But before we begin, before we meet the people who create and star in Sherlock, I want to thank some people, um, particularly the speakers, who I'm about to introduce soon. Hartswood Films, of course, the production company that makes Sherlock. Wales Screen, the main supporter of this event. Champagne Tattinger and the VLA Gin for supporting this glorious event. Without further ado, let's get to the nitty gritty and please welcome to the stage the creators and stars of Sherlock, Stephen Moffat, Mark Gatiss, Sue Virtue and Amanda Abington. We have to talk a bit about how it all came about, but the, I feel the creation show is like the Orange story. We know it as well as Superman or Spider-Man yes. that it all happened on trains to Cardiff. So my question is, when did you two first realise that you were both fans of Sherlock Holmes, of the Arthur Conan Doyle stories, and when did you bond over it, and how did that happen? How did that conversation That's happen? just a way remember? of making us tell the this, this yeah. story. <laughs> I don't know. I huh? think we just realised we were both lonely, and that was like it. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're fairly comprehensively geeky. Yeah. So uh, it was. But I can't remember when when the conversation first came up. Well, it was on that train. That's when that. But I'm not going to tell a story. <laughs> we're going to, actually, we're going to create a new version tonight just for fun. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was in that conversation that we both talked about Basil Rathbone. But we must have discussed it before. And I know individually that it was. It was. I saw Hand of the Baskervilles when I was a child, and then got the um, the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes because I had German measles, and Stephen had a, a similar... It was a present, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah. We'd both seen Rathbone, I think, or Peter Cushing, possibly. Yeah, yeah. well, I failed to see the Peter Cushing one. I was sent to bed because it was too scary. <laughs> I told them I, I, it was about a, a detective, but it was too scary. I remember thinking, well, what can a detective investigate scary things? And I went upstairs, and I, I heard the howl of the hound, and I thought, that's awesome. It's a detective with a funny hat who investigates monsters. That is practically Doctor Who. I must read it. <laughs> it took me years to get to read it. So did he bang on about Sherlock Holmes, you know, in, in generally, or was it new to you when the Sherlock idea? Um, no, I'll tell you what I did do, though. One Christmas, I thought I'd bought him a really brilliant collection of Sherlock Holmes stories, and I clearly had bought the wrong <laughs> ones because I was so proud of it, and I, I, I think it's just been pushed onto a shelf somewhere. So it was obviously the wrong... Euphoria. Collection. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong No, it's a nice, it's perfectly nice collection. Perfectly nice. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Actually, no, <laughs> it's nice. great giving me presents, yeah. I can tell you. Perfectly <laughs> nice, darling. Put them over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've talked much about this, but it's true. Um, you know, because after, after the conversation on the train, which everyone knows, you can look it on YouTube, uh, <laughs> we, we talked about it for a couple of years yeah. as, as, if, as if we weren't actually involved with television ourselves, and then Steve quite casually said to Sue, and she went, why are we doing it? And that's how the show started. <laughs> we owe it all to you. <laughs> yeah. And what was, the, so what was the final driving impetus behind actually going ahead and doing it? Because um, I do think you, you just kept saying, oh, he's been talking about it again, wasn't it? it was that mm. so, um, <laughs> oh, that, Mark. Yeah, he's <laughs> been talking about that Sherlock Holmes thing again. Um, so... We, I just, we just fixed a meeting up for BBC, really, and, and we, we met beforehand. And then, yeah. so that was the impetus, sort of commission, right. really. Right. Monte Carlo. <laughs> That's don't, always a good don't, don't skip past that part. Oh, Monte Carlo. We met in Monte, Monte Carlo, Carlo to talk about 
That's because at a certain level in television, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have in, in did you have in mind uh, uh, the tone of the show back way back then? Do you have a because you could have. You know, you could have done it in very... There's all kinds of different ways of doing it, aren't there? You know, there's so many versions already. There's versions, there's film versions, there's the American version. Did you, did you have a way in that was going to be unique? Well, it was, it was simply the, uh, the, the modernising it occurred to us would allow, uh, allow us to clarify what's really good about the originals, which has, in a way, become lost among all the very, very brilliant film versions and the fact that it became this beautifully rendered... Uh, rather grand period piece. That's never what Sherlock Holmes was like. And particularly, it became set in a mythical version of Victorian London that never happened. It wasn't really like that. It wasn't foggy all the time. It wasn't anything like that. Um, so by, by, by taking it back and addressing the audience exactly the same way that Doyle addressed his audience, which was saying there's a very scary young man in Baker Street solving crimes by being clever. Mm. Uh, and he belongs in your world, and, he, and you might meet him if you go to Baker Street and hang around behind the crash barriers with everybody else from Benedict <laughs> turns up. Um, then, you know, it, 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 it's a very immediate form of storytelling, the original stories. In the original book, The Adventures, he is referring negatively to Dr. Watson's accounts that have previously been published in the Strand magazine. He's talking about them. It's the very first and possibly only time where the leading character in a series of stories gives negative reviews to the shows he's in. Mm. I think it's wonderful. I think we should have uh, Sherlock turn up on, on YouTube saying, well, that was shit. <laughs> That's essentially what Doyle does. It's brilliant. And it's, it's very immediate. And by making him modern again, and I say not... not not, that's not a new idea. Modern again, because that's what he used to be. I sort of freed all of that. Uh, we, we, that was our theory. We didn't expect it to work quite as well as it did. <laughs> My goodness, we looked clever when we really were just lucky. <laughs> the, the Afghanistan thing was quite important, yeah. too, wasn't it? Because it was the then and now. That was the, sort, that was the first thing, really. It was mm. like, that's just... You know, it was just an obvious thing. While Dr. Watson was wounded in, Afghanistan, in a war in Afghanistan, it was, it was happening again. It was like, that's a straightforward parallel. And everything else kind of came from there, really. And famously, every, uh, the other thing that everyone knows is that that first the pilot was an hour long, and the move to in 19 minutes. Now, in terms of, um, I, I, for me, I, you can't even imagine it being, you know, a show now that's just another hour long drama on BBC. The fact that these are kind of spectacular 90 minute episodes feels so so much a part of the show to me. <laughs> Does it feel that way to you? And what were the kind of what were the big challenges of moving from that initial idea? of an hour-long show to these spectacular 90-minute films that we've got. It's half an hour longer. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about it. <laughs> and we did talk about it a bit, I think, as to whether we could ex extend the 60-minute that we had. And then I don't think really there was a scene that was, that was unchanged. I don't no, think it was there. No. Well, it was, I mean, it, it, was a it was a funny set of circumstances. You know, in retrospect, all these things are, are obvious, aren't they? And they just never were. We, we made, it wasn't really a pilot, it was that, it was meant to be, we made it with the last bit of money for that year, that was the thing, wasn't it? And it, so it became episode one, we had episode two planned, then there was a bit of toing and froing, and then uh, Steve and I were at a Doctor Who meeting, and, and Sue rang and said, if, if we make it as 90s, like Wallander, uh, they'll commission it now, and we went, yeah. <laughs> and that's how, and we so we completely accidentally stumbled into this format, which is what we have today. Um, but as we're always saying, really, if it had been 
six hour long episodes, we probably would have stopped by now because it wouldn't have been possible to, to get Benedict and Martin mm. to commit to that length of time. So mm. it sort of worked out. And in terms of the casting, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to forget, but back then in 2010, 2009, 2010, Benedict wasn't you know, a huge global superstar in the huge Marvel film and just that and the other. So what was it, I guess, he came first in the new casting, but what was it about him? Can you sum up? What had you seen him in? Anything in particular you thought, oh, that's our guy? I mean, he was at the time, in fairness, he, yes, he was an unknown then, but he wasn't an unknown within the industry. Sure. And people were saying, this, guy's gonna, this guy will go stratospheric when he gets the right part. So he, his name came up a lot. And let's be honest, when his name came up, you sort of remembered it. And laughed. <laughs> um, at, oddly enough, around that time, Matt Smith was in exactly the same situation. It was, mm. this guy's going to be a star mm. when he hits the right part. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what was it about him? Well, uh, just, there are only so many people who can play that part. You have, to, you have to look a bit like Sherlock Holmes. People are weirdly strict about Sherlock Holmes looking like Sherlock Holmes. I think Robert Downey Jr. does a brilliant job in those Sherlock Holmes films, and I really like them. But he hasn't become identified with that part just because we all know, in a strange uh, sort of rule-keeping way, that's not what he looks like. He doesn't look like Sherlock Holmes. He looks like Sherlock Holmes. He's one of the finest actors of his generation, without a single doubt. That's not even controversial to say. <laughs> he, he looked and sounded perfect. There wasn't any point in carrying on. Because as Mark is always saying, there's only a few people per generation who can do it at all. And it was clearly, it was clearly his goal. Though his mother said, encouragingly, she said, Oh, darling, your nose is entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you can, you can you rely on your mum saying. <laughs> That's what your mum said to you, Amanda. Yes, yeah. she Mary, still says it to For me. Mary Watson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just in general. Your nose is completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and the casting of Martin, I mean, he says in his, you know, he, in his autobiography, in his autobiography <laughs> yes, yet to be published, that, um, you know, he, he didn't think he was that great in his opening audition. Then when he bounced off, Benedict, that was when it all came together. Is that, did, did it feel that way to you when you were? Yeah, I mean, it's on record now, it's fine, but Martin's first audition uh, went, didn't go very well at all. He, I think he'd had his wallet stolen, he was very bad mood, it was just. That's not we're, like him. We were all. Bit, bit grumpy, grumpy. We were all like, very unusual circumstances. Uh, we were all very excited about coming in, and I remember afterwards, just like, oh, didn't, oh. We were just we were deflated, weren't we, really? Yeah. And then we were, asked him to come back in, and it was. Just amazing, and he read with Benedict, and it was yeah. We saw we saw about half a dozen people, all very good, but it was a, and that is a fascinating process. Still got the the DVD somewhere of those. The first person we saw of Doctor Watson was Matt Smith, oh. and then about two weeks later uh, he was Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, but it was it, it was so interesting. I think about that a lot. That and, and this is a big thing about casting. It's so much about the mixture, and it's about the fit. And actually, as an actor, when you get that message from your agent saying they've gone in a different direction, yeah. you think it's flannel. It often isn't, because you just find mm. different things. And I remember one particular actor, I won't name, who was, he was so lovely. But the relationship, because it, we always thought of it as like a commanding officer and their, and their sergeant, as it were, or their captain. Um, and this guy, it was like a commanding officer and a private. There was, there was a great relationship, mm. but it was sort of... It just didn't gel. Mm. And as soon as Benedict and Martin read together, well, Stephen lent over and said, there's the show. And it was true. It was just like, wow, this is good. Mm. There was also another one, wasn't there, with, like, commanding officer and 
commanding officer. Oh, yeah, was, well, yes. You know, mm. and that wouldn't have worked name. either. But that, that was a bit alpha, that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Smith was just like another Sherlock Holmes yeah. when he yeah. did yeah. Dr. Watson. It wasn't, it wasn't right at all. He's brilliant. But we saw lots of great people. But yeah, it's, it's true. But, but uh, Martin, bless him, for all he was grumpy that day. And I, someday I will return his wallet to him because I, <laughs> I'm sure that yeah, joke's really worn should, off yeah. a bit now. Um, uh, he, he, he just said, uh, and that's a very brave thing for an actor to do, especially an actor who's already massively established. He said, um, no, I'll come in again. No, come in. You're wrong. I'll come in again. Yeah. And he did, and he was brilliant. And, uh, and that was the show right there. And in terms of it, Amanda, when you were cast in the show, obviously by that point it had been well established and had become, I think, I'm guessing a much bigger hit than possibly anyone expected. Mm -hmm. I remember the first series was it came out in the summer 2010. It wasn't people talk about hype now, don't they? So it wasn't particularly hyped up. It was Not just it kind of arrived <laughs> as a thing and organically became a massive <laughs> hit. So for you, was it was it for you was it? As soon as they wanted you to take the role, did mm. you think, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to do it? Or did you have any qualms? Never, no, no, no. When they, when Mark and Stephen said, would you like to do it? I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and burst into tears. I burst into tears. I did. I got very, I got very upset. because at Mark's house. Yeah. Because um, it was, yeah, I, it's, yes, listen, to be asked to be in this show is an incredible honour. And um, to play her as well, because she's quite, you know, she's, she's, she's a named character. <laughs> so, um, so it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's a real honour and a privilege to be part of it. And what was it like in terms of watching the show become a phenomenon? I mean, I guess quite quickly. Hmm. Did, you, did you, at what point were you aware that this is a big, big thing? Well, I, when, I, when I watched them, the first series, I thought, this is incredible. This is unlike anything I'd seen on television. And I thought it was pretty groundbreaking what... what um, Paul had done and what these what everyone had done so I knew that coming into it you had to kind of I had to meet Benedict and Martin and Andrew and everybody because they are phenomenal actors and so you have to come in and and not pussy around basically you have to be you have to be you have to be good you know you have to do it and uh, it was terrifying <laughs> truly terrifying there's, there's always, sorry, there's always a, a learning curve though, at the beginning of a production when you get like a new director or something and, and, and it looks like we're being really sissy and, and, you know, like this, but go, just be quite careful, don't walk around and don't talk about the script too much when you're on a recce and things. And I was talking to one director and I think we were at Bart's and, uh, and I said, just, just make sure that you keep your voice down when we talk about what's going to happen and everything. And um, he said, I think we're all right around here. And I said, well, there's a group over there. And he said... No, I think they're just nurses, at which point this person went, and this is where he fell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, right today, Toby Jones, who's the, the new series, um, I saw him when we were doing ADR, and I hadn't seen him since we shot the episode, and uh, he said, something's happened. Uh, I, he said, my agent, he said, some, it's... He said, this show is a phenomenon, isn't it? Mm. Like shell shock. He was. He was like, Jesus, God, I had no idea. And it was, <laughs> he was just getting so much attention from all around the world just by being in it. It was like, it's a bit frightening. It does blindside you a bit. It does. Mm. The, yeah. the, the, the success of it is kind of overwhelming. You do go, flipping hell, I'm in something incredible. And in terms of get, um, getting it to that level of phenomenon, because I think there's, there's a few things going on there, aren't there? A... As Amanda was saying, it did, it did feel like as soon as that first episode arrived, that first series, we saw the whole thing, it was special, different to anything we've seen before. I guess the director cho choices were key to that. And I mean, things like the text, putting the text on the screen, that, that was 
done for the first time in Sherlock, wasn't it? Which now everyone mm, does it, no, but it you guys were the first time, first time that we'd seen that happen. Were all those things key, do you think, in making it feel like absolutely something special? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, Paul McGuigan, who, who did the first, I mean, he's done four of them, I think there's an extraordinary vision, the way he made it look. Um, and I think we treat it like a film more than a TV show, I think. Um, uh, and text on the screen, and, and we keep evolving that, yeah. I think. We have to now, mm. so it just looks like we're copying everybody else, really. Mm. Um, but I think it's what everyone engages with, and, and they want to get involved and get just more ideas with it, I think. What do you say to the directors? When a new director arrives, you've got new directors working on this series, what do, you, do you have a meeting you say, you know... Show off. What the hell you, show off, OK. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Yeah. We say, you know, uh, it, that film you wanted to make when you were a film student and all those ridiculous show-off tricks that you now reject because you're a grown-up director and you realise that's, that's infantile. Do all of them <laughs> and, it will, and it will work. Because that's the great thing about Paul, uh, uh, who set the bar for all this, is he will do any trick going. He'll get every toy uh, he can find to make the shot interesting. Such an approach doesn't work for everything, but it works tremendously for a show about a man who sees darkness and complexity wherever he looks. Wherever Sherlock Holmes looks, he sees darkness and he sees a whole host of complicated things that we can't see. So a sophisticated visual style that, that verges on indulgent is the precisely the way we want the audience to see the world when, we, when they enter uh, Baker Street with Sherlock Holmes. I have to say as well, I was tremendously helped by filming in Wales because... <laughs> <laughs> Glad <you're laughs> Having my sip of Welsh water here. It is an, it's such a, honestly, it's a, it sounds like a first world problem. It's such a routine thing. Now, it's so difficult to film in, in London uh, and a lot of other places. People, you know, when I was a child, if anything had come anywhere near me from a TV programme, I would have laid down my life for it. Um, and I remember Stuart Lee telling me years ago that he was an extra in Survivors, would you believe? Uh, survivors came to his village and they all had to lie down on the, the road and be dead. <laughs> my, my dream. Uh, but it's, people can be very, very difficult and blasé about it and very, it's very expensive. And, and filming in Cardiff, I remember in episode one, studying in pink, um, uh, the, the pink lady lying there in this incredible house in, um, in I think it was in Splot, a four-storey Edwardian house. And, and Paul said, I need to knock a hole through the wall to film it. And they went, fine. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> like, well, we did. And we put it, I mean, we made it right and everything, but it was like, yeah. I remember thinking, hmm, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said, why? Yeah. I just want depth and I have a bit of wallpaper at the back. Uh, okay. That's it. <laughs> well, so as a producer, I mean, obviously you wanted it to look as incredible, and he, but were there times when he was suggesting stuff you thought, oh, do we really have to do that? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a few things where, I mean, I, th I think, you know, it is that thing about helicopter, helicopter. There's a certain time when the director will look at a script um, and say, but it says in the script they've got to have a helicopter, or they've got to have an elephant, or you've got to have something else. And you go, the boys, do you really need to see that, or do you just hear that? <laughs> you know, so quite often you just have to... But you choose, you know, you choose your battles, don't you? That's yeah. And you know what really in the end, that's actually going to look brilliant and it's worth it. There's a, uh, the phantom camera and things like that, which are... They're just extraordinary, mm. and they are expensive, and they take forever. But if, if it's the right moment, if it doesn't feel like it's tipped over into just like that was indulgent, and then there's another indulgence. So the Phantoms are really, really slow, slow, slow mo, one, yeah. isn't it? Which is great. But and is it hard being in the middle of that sometimes? All that technical 
stuff happening um, around you, or do you just are you just in the middle and you're acting and you're doing it? No, it's no, it's not because because we all sort of, sort of get on and we have to make a show in a limited amount of time. You kind of just you just do it and. Um, <clears throat> yeah, as I say, because we have a great time on it. You know, there's a lot of laughing and joking, as which there has to be because it is it is tense and it is there's a lot to do in as I say in a small space of time. But you know that that scene where you shoot Sherlock in yeah. Das Fau, uh, again, I mean, as we did with the Reich and Back Fall, it's something that on a feature film would probably have taken about a week, maybe yeah, two. Yeah, we did it in two days. And that was in two days. Day and a half, actually. Yeah. That was. And and that whole thing of um, that uh, Sherlock falls backwards and. Uh, the room tilting and all that, and it was all in camera. Yeah, it was. There's a rather, I don't know if it was, um, uh, it was idea it was, it was Nick's idea, but there's a, one of the, there's a plant which actually tipped yeah. over. People go, well, how? Yeah. <laughs> Just a, but that was so much fun line. that day. It was, I mean, it was, a, it was a hard day. It was a really tough day, because, you know, Ben had to, you know, get shot and I had to shoot him and... <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Um, <laughs> But it was we just Ben and I decided that we were going to have a good time doing it. Do you know what I mean? We were going because it, because it was so technical and because it was <clears throat> yeah it was it was, a, it was going to be a long couple of days. We thought, well, let's just have fun doing this. And Lars was there, and he just made it very easy. And and it was it was really genuinely enjoyable to do that. And you're you're being a trained assassin, which I am in real fun. life, yeah. which is why I got the job. Right. So, but you famously weren't told that you're going to. That was your backstory, were you? No, I wasn't. And 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 do you have and do you, <laughs> No, they didn't tell me that until I got the third episode and read it and went, oh, good, okay. <laughs> this will be interesting. had we told you, and I think we did, you would have forgotten. Because you always forget what we tell you. That's true, I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite an important thing to forget. I do forget a lot of things Steve and Mark tell me, yeah. Mm. I don't know what that says about me or them, but I, yeah. <laughs> would you you, done we are boring and you're not listening. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. We're losing, we're losing yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. where are you going? We've got some big, we've got a big exclusive announcement in a minute, so, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> you go, have, you got, have you got to get a train? I'm going back. Oh, you're going back? back? Okay. okay. We'll wait. Should we wait for you? Should we'll we wait for the we'll exclusive wait. announcement. <laughs> you're yeah. now. When we hear the toilet flush, <laughs> we'll start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> He'll have no trouble going, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Let's do it while he's away. Yeah, quick. Should um, we tell you what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Talking of, we're saying how each episode is like a feature film, and people complain, don't they? Well, you have to wait years and all this and the other, but you're getting three films, three cinema-quality yeah. films, every couple of years at least. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> last, you showed last year's special you showed in cinemas and was a huge hit in, like, China, millions of people watching it. It was beating the Star Wars, Star Wars. in certain territories. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. 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 For, a week, for a weekend. Yeah. For a weekend. <laughs> and they caught up. So are you going to do that again, with any of this series? Are you tempted to show in cinema? Well, it's funny you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we are. Um, the third episode, which some of you might know what it's called, but it's called... <laughs> The, man, the, the man's out of the room. Yeah, he's not going to know. He'll never know what know. it's called. He yeah. doesn't know what it's called either, so he's going to be really right. pissed off. Yeah. When he goes yeah. Are you going to officially tell it. us what it's called? The Last Straw. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called... So you do it. Come on. You do one word each again. It's okay, easy. no. But everyone knows. Yeah, it's yeah. Called... I, I it's don't called... know. I didn't know. You wouldn't know if we told you before we came out. It's called The Final Problem. 
It's called Gosh. the final product. <laughs> now, what does that, that mean? will be in, in cinemas simultaneously with it going on TV. So that will be going to cinemas again, like we did with Bride. So. And in America as well, it's going to be. And in yeah. America, yes. And maybe somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I'd say if America's still there, and in fact, if the rest of it's <laughs> <laughs> by no means before, It's before January It's the before 20th. the air will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Civilization ends January the 21st, does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So that, hunker down. That title, I noticed, has the word final in it. Yeah. So what does that mean? I mean, people, because it's already been reported. Welcome someplace. back. Hey, yeah. how'd it go? <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Uh, the Come final show is called The, the Final, final Problem. problem. Uh, <laughs> it's going in cinemas, but... Uh, <laughs> But you probably knew that. <laughs> yes. Lesson. What does, does that mean? Should we, are we, should we read too much into it? The, the final I certainly hope you can. I yeah. think it, that's in fact what everything's based on, isn't it? Reading too much into it. Yeah. But it's a, it's a Doyle title, obviously. Mm. We've, it's actually the first time we haven't done a, a vague kind of twist on a Doyle title for a long. It's just that's just mm. what it's called. But you can read into it whatever you like. There's probably a was, problem in there somewhere. Um, yeah. Was that the last one he wrote? God, no. There we go. I went on for ages <laughs> after that. <laughs> but that was the His one last which... bow wasn't the last yeah. title yeah. either. <laughs> That's <laughs> the one which it's the Rocky McFalls. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the original version. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean the final episode ever of show. Well, it either does <laughs> or it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Let's talk about the characters a little bit because no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the title again. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, interesting. I think when, when particularly when Mary arrived, yeah. that mm. it kind of it put it through for me, John and Sherlock into a new line. Particularly the relationship. People might have assumed a certain attitude of Sherlock towards Mary, but actually mm. that relationship I think is much more subtle than that. And was I that? So. Did it take you a while to get to that to, to work out what? how he would react and how that friendship and relationship would develop. Oh, it was hugely important from the beginning that, that they should get on. The, the most obvious thing in the world is that Mrs. Watson is a threat and she shouldn't be. And in fact, in the original stories, there's, mm. there's, there's no sense of that. And it's, it, in fact, we sort of ran with it a bit more and said they should... We, we did, we did this all, all sorts of to and fro in The Empty Hearse about a scene between Sherlock and Mary about them, yeah. you know, finding an accommodation. Eventually it became, I like him. Mm -hmm. And that was all you needed. Mm -hmm. And it was it, it sort At of one point it's about two pages of yeah, dialogue. Run in the graveyard and all sorts <laughs> of stuff, and you just don't need it. That was mm -hmm. the realization. But it was as with what we sort of did was uh, without you know criticizing Doyle because we never would because he was a genius. But he he admitted very quickly that he'd slightly made a mistake by marrying off Doctor Watson too soon. So the short stories become mostly set in this sort of intermediate period. It's a very long wedding planning in there, where they have lots of adventures. And we sort of realised we had an opportunity, which is quite interesting, after two seasons, to introduce Mrs. Watson at exactly the right place, which is basically when he's fake, Sherlock's faith is death. John Watson is about to get married. Then he goes, hello. And it's the most terrible timing. So, and and in a, in a, for series three, to, to have a different dynamic, because that's what we wanted to have. So it was, it was about sort of shifting things around like that, wasn't it? But where Doyle got it absolutely right is Sherlock Holmes always liked Mary. Mm. Quite often when you see that, when the rare occasions when Mary makes it into an adaptation, they play it, they play it the opposite way. Mm. That Sherlock Holmes doesn't like it. But that's just, that's just nonsense. It, it wouldn't happen in real life. It so often happens you like both members of the couple. So he, he of course, he adores Mary, and that's right and proper. And also, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. 
Visiting women is down there. She shot. Right. Moment of tension. Wait, yeah. In any friendship. Who hasn't shot their best mate? And isn't it also the case, because once we do know Mary's story and mm -hmm. the, the, the kind of things that she has done... Oh, do you? Part, <laughs> that there's almost... Yeah. A, there's a kind of... Uh, for me, that is it, do you feel there's a kind of... They're on a, they're on a par in a way? I think they're very... I think that all three of them are really... Uh, they're flawed. I mean, they're, they're all of them. The, John, Sherlock and Mary are kind of... That's what, that's what attracts them to each other. But also, we have fun uh, in uh, The Abominable Bride and uh, you'll see uh, in the coming series. And there is, of course... <laughs> <laughs> bladder, bladder. Are you all right? <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait for you as well. Yes, yeah, all right. Okay. She had two double vodkas. Yeah. Well, then get out. Okay. I've had no wine. I've had time. one sip of wine. Uh, and episode I wasn't fourteen is cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But we have fun with the uh, with the fact that Mary is, of course, better at it than they are. Of course she is. Yeah. Um, she's uh, she, she's a super spy. I mean, there there are a couple of amiable amateurs. She's actually good at it. So uh, I, I love those bits in Abominable Bride in the modern day, where she's sorting everything out before anyone else can. But again, that's just credible. Given her background, she's better than you know an amateur drug addict and a, and a recent GP. You know, it's not. Background <laughs> you never told her about. Yeah. <laughs> and how's we did, your, we did. Has yeah. your characterization of Sherlock evolved now, once Benedict assumed the role and you know became so occupied that that character so completely? As for us as viewers, did did the way you write him change over time? Does you know, or did it? Was it always kind of roughly that from the start? He's funny. He we we sort of consciously made him sound less Victorian, and in a funny way, we've actually sort of let that go a bit. He actually he speaks in a quite a formal way. Yeah. We we and we have fun with you know saying things like uh, laters and stuff like that, just because it sounds odd coming out of Benedict's mouth, isn't it? But it's we make him say stuff all the time. Yeah. Just, okay. Like like a performing monkey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dumb monkey, dumb. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, it's it's evolved. That's the, it's, it's it's a hugely important thing to us, especially when you do sort of three movies, as it were, every few years. That it keeps, <laughs> it keeps uh, that it keeps moving on because yeah. because. Uh, you know, you can't keep. I've said this many times before. You can't keep having Doctor Watson astonished by Sherlock's deductions, and he looks like an idiot because he know he's, he still finds it amazing, but he can't just kind of go, "Good, how did you do that?" Of course, sometimes <laughs> that's how it is presented. <laughs> and similarly, with with the character of Sherlock, he is he in the original stories, he's a very different man towards the end. He's he's definitely warmed up. He's he's a funny man, and he he likes people. He, it's, he's never going to be like us because otherwise he wouldn't be interested. But he has to change, and we, we've we, we've been very determined to do that because it's you can't just leave him in aspic, and because that's what I think what happens is that we we, we join the story at just the right point, that which was you know Sherlock is on the verge of being the person who puts the body there, and Doctor Watson is a is a is a, a wreck, and they go and they click and they find, form this extraordinary unlikely friendship, which they complete each other, and uh, and it's. It's the, it's the right thing to do. They, they save each other's lives, I think. And then Dr. John, John eventually sort of, as it times goes on, sort of softens him. Um, but he's always, he's a corrective, isn't he? He's, mm. you know, he's, he starts by saying, is that a bit not good? Mm. But he, he learns, and sometimes maybe he's still learning. We did actually cut something from The Sign of Three, which, uh, which was, I think, a great idea, but kind of, in the end, it was a bit too much, which was that, after the best man speech and everyone's in tears, sometime later, John finds 
Sherlock's notes, and it's all annotated, heavily annotated in different colored pens. And he says, what does this mean? What is CH, and he, and he eventually realizes it says cry here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize that the, the whole thing is just a brilliant, brilliant, he, he's treated it like a case. How do I, how do I make them cry? Mm-hmm. And he's done it, but it looked too calculated. Mm-hmm. And actually we thought, no, that makes him look like a bastard and it's, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, he probably did do that, yeah. <laughs> but we cut it out, so it's all right. <laughs> is there? A, I mean, there is a sense that he is a kind of a show-off, as well as being an absolute genius. And mm. but he's kind of he's ratcheting it up, isn't he? I mean, I, I spoke something to Benedict about yeah. in interviews, that, and he says, yeah, you know, he kind of admits that a lot of it. He is he loves the game. Talking, you know, you, you, you use the game, but he enjoys the game. Oh, sure. He's, a, he's, he's well. If if he was really only interested. Uh, in intellectual puzzles. He could be a mathematician or a philosopher. He could do any of those things. He's not. He's interested in the drama and the excitement of it. And if he was only interested in, uh, in, uh, in crime as an abstract, why doesn't he commit crimes? That, would, that means he wouldn't have to wait around for them. He is both committed. Uh, uh, he, he loves adventure. And actually, underneath it all, he's a bit of a hero. He is trying to protect people. He'd never admit that. He wants to say, I'm only interested in the intellectual aspects. Well, then there's loads of things you can do. Uh, what, he, what he chooses to do is, is to turn his gifts to the good of mankind. That's the truth. And I was think it's quite important with Sherlock Holmes. You can't, can't go too far. He's a hero. If you forget he, that he's been a hero for over 100 years to the world, you get it all wrong. He doesn't know he's a hero. He doesn't behave much like one. But he, he actually is. He's a great man but he doesn't know it, and he hides it blindingly well. I can ask this because he's not here, so we can talk about behind his back, but he is a hero, and he's also an incredibly sexy hero. Did you know? <laughs> he is, isn't he? Did you know that would be the case from the start? No, his nose was entirely wrong, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we thought if only we could get the nose right, he might have something. Yeah, he'd have something. The absolute truth is, and... This, this isn't made up. We, when, we, when we presented Benedict uh, on his edition tape, and everyone at the BBC agreed that it's definitely got to be him, he's brilliant. And then they went, hmm, he did promise us a sexy one, though. And we didn't say, yes, he is sexy. We said, yeah, but he's very good, isn't he? <laughs> and, and, and Benedict, absolutely, to this day, he doesn't think of himself as sexy. No, he really all. doesn't. He just, so he just decided, he sort of decided, though, to become a yeah, sexy Sherlock. He did. I remember you saying, uh, when we were shooting the pilot, and we were doing that bit where he walks through the door of 221B, and he said, where'd that come from? He's a matinee idol. When did that happen? Where did those cheekbones suddenly arise Because <laughs> he was a weird man a few minutes ago, a sort of ginger weird person. I think that's something that The bit that I, when I went, oh, hello, was when, um, at the beginning of, when, when, he, when he kisses Molly. When he just comes through the, oh, the yeah, thing at the beginning, yeah, kisses yeah, yeah. him and just takes oh. it like that. I was like, hey, there we go, there he is. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, hi, Ben. <laughs> it is also that thing of, of a man in, uh, or a person in their parts. You know, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Jesus, I can't remember. Colin. Colin? Fur? Colin Fur. Fur. Salmon. Colin Fur. Colin Baker. <laughs> Colin Baker. Uh, <laughs> uh, Colin Firth and Mr. Darcy, That's a, that, those, that was a thing where it just. Well, he worked, and he's a very good-looking man, but suddenly it was like, oh, there's that. Everything's changed. And, and I think with Benedict, you know, the, the hair and the look and the sort... And obviously, because he's, he's unapproachable, that's, it's the oldest trick in the book, really. <laughs> but you can't... 
the thing is, I don't think you can. If you try too hard with that, you can you can you can sense it. You know, I'm sure there were lots of Mr. Darcy likes in the wake of that first that um, 1995 Pride and Prejudice that tried too hard, mm. and people go, mm, sorry, you're trying to tell me who to find attractive, but just something about the unapproachability of Sherlock and you know that first scene with Molly where he doesn't understand about the lipstick and. It's like, oh wow, that's that's someone you want to kind of mm. try and understand, isn't it? And it's, you know. But also, I think from the read-throughs as well, the, the first series, of the read-through, when you go around and you say which part you're playing, and there wasn't there wasn't any confidence really in saying I'm Benedict Cumberbatch, I played Sherlock Holmes, was mm. it? But by series two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. both here and Martin, like, this yeah. is me, this is who I am. <laughs> <Isn't that good? laughs> Well, I was going to say, the first episode of Series 2 felt immediately like you'd ratcheted up the whole thing, in, 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 including sexiness as well. That, you know, we saw the clip, the Buckingham Palace clip, you know, oh, yeah. it felt the That's whole thing. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Andrew Scott. You just, honestly, yeah. uh, honestly. God! Right. <laughs> Andrew Scott, yeah. <laughs> also, um, in a few years' time, there's an episode of The Crown where they cover the filming of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait we should mention Andrew Scott because you're right. I mean, incredible. He's what a... just beautiful. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. But also, that must have... Was it a, finding your Moriarty and finding someone so charismatic and so powerful? I mean, that you must have been a joy when you, when you, when you found him. Did you know of him? Did you, you know, how did, how did that happen? I didn't personally. Uh, we just got, we, we, um, we didn't really have a scene for Moriarty in the original version of mm. the great game. It was going to be a big reveal that that, that, that young fellow you met earlier, uh, that camp young fellow, turns out to be Moriarty, but you don't see him in his own form. He was just going to take his sunglasses So we off, concocted a ludicrous scene uh, where Moriarty's being bonkers uh, and saying things, you know, uh, what, what, what's the, uh, I, uh, I will burn the heart out of you. Just <laughs> on the basis that this is going to be kind of nonsense he's going to have to say at some point in the future. And a, a bunch of actors came in and did fine, presumably stared at the script and said, dear God. But Andrew <laughs> absolutely went for it. Mm. And we thought, not only are we going to cast him, but by some means we're going to include that scene in the, in the episode. We, we, we rewrote the end of the episode <laughs> so that, uh, that Moriarty comes in and does... And, you know, for no particular reason, turns up in the swimming pool, uh, is going to kill them, changes his mind and goes away again for three episodes. <laughs> no one objected. While you try and work out how to get out of it. You know, what, was, what was your plan, actually? It's the essence of all genius crime. <laughs> to not really have a plan. No, but, I mean, he was... Uh, we, we, had, we had an idea... We didn't want to do Moriarty the way Doyle had done him because, because he essentially wrote the rule book on, on supervillains. So... This, this sort of grave mathematics professor, we just thought we were going in a totally different direction. But having said that, Andrew just knocked it out of the park. It changed everything the way he did it. Because he's, so, he's such a funny and charming man. But just suddenly turned... That's how we say isn't it? Funny and charming. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And totally. his, eyes, <laughs> his eyes are like pools of ink. And you just look at them and think, God, I'm not sure what's going on behind there. And it was exactly what we wanted. You know? It's funny, though. You know, again, people forget. I remember some quite quite nasty things. In fact, and this, I'll say this, Andrew rang me the day after um, the uh, after um, Great Game went out and he foolishly looked online mm. and someone said he looks like Ant and Deck. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, quite, he was quite upset. And uh, and I said, well... Yeah, know, kick their ass. Rule one, just don't look. 
Don't. Because you, you can't. Because, you know, for every person who thinks you're amazing, there'll be someone who thinks you're the Antichrist. Who thinks so. you resemble two of the most popular people on television <laughs> ever. Yeah. But not merged together. Nah. He did. He had a much harder time here, didn't he, than he did when it went yeah. out in America. Yeah. But yeah. no, because that's totally forgot. Yeah. He is, mm. he is yeah. absolutely Moriarty. And yeah. it's like that's, you know, but people, people rewrite things in their head very quickly like that. But the, I remember actually uh, Andrew texting me on the day the great game was going to go out saying, I'm terrified. Because the show's been such an enormous hit. And I come on in the last scene. You just Everyone said, this is brilliant, the show. This is brilliant. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Anton Deck of bread. And, and, it was, and it was just, you know, but obviously he became beloved. But, not, but you know, that was, that was people desperate for a backlash. It's yeah, only episode three. <laughs> Let's have a backlash. Is there time? Also, people weren't used to a kind of someone we didn't really know. Because, well, again, he wasn't that well known, being so... Such an incredible presence and such yeah. a... But you know what, that's generally one of the most wonderful things about this show. It's the sort of thing you, you generally imagine just doesn't happen anymore. Is that it, this, it made Benedict into a star overnight, literally overnight, like something from a 30s film, mm. or, you know, like a Busby Barkley film, and Andrew the same. And and Lara and Pete, it's like it's just been everyone except me and Amanda. Because they're already legends. Yeah, they're already legends. <laughs> uh, but it's a wonderful thing that, and you think, you know, perceived wisdom would tell you that, you know, they're always saying oh, you've got to have a name, and it just didn't happen. And mm. and it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant example of how you can do that and how important it is to bring new faces to the public mm. and they completely embrace them and then you, you know, then you get new stars out of that. Um, we're going, we need to have time for the audience to ask questions as well so um, just a couple more from me. One is um, would, was the Reichen back fall a point where you know where you've created this incredible rooftop scene and the whole how mm. mystery of how he was going to fake his death. For me that's when the show went from huge hit to unbelievable global phenomenon that people were obsessed with and trying to work out what the hell went on. Did it feel like a step change to you, or was that just...? Oh, no, it's the, it's the point that maybe crystallised it, because they were, they, they were already watching. If there hadn't been an awful lot of people watching that moment, if they weren't already invested in it, that couldn't happen. Right. Um, the, the, the point for, uh, for me, when we, we realised that it was huge, is when we went to the screening, just the screening of Scandal in Belgravia. Mm. Um, and, and not, no, not the show itself, the, the reaction to people outside it was when we, was when we realised. Obviously, there was the huge debate about how Sherlock Holmes could possibly have survived mm -hmm. that fall, which happened with the pavement conveniently out of view of <laughs> Dr. Watson at the time. Well, Jesus, come on. There was a big <laughs> cushion. There's only one way you can do it. But yes, that was the moment. It was, the, it was that dilemma. Yeah. About, but I don't think that's what started it. I think no, no, it had started. No. Sure. And, that, and that became the thing that uh, motored it for a while. And... Um, before I do throw it to the audience, the future the series four about to arrive. Is it? Better finish it. Now the thing that everyone said, well, I, I've been on set, and the thing that everyone said is, is it's dark, is darkness. The word, the D word, comes up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that is that fair? Is it is it darker than than previously? Or yeah, we, we couldn't afford to turn the lights on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of torch work. Yeah. Candles. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of it is. Yes, it is. It but is. It, it's, very, it's absolutely the same show. I mean, we, we have to keep reiterating this. hasn't suddenly become some kind of uber bleak uh, sort of Scandi show. Or no, it's very like funny, that. actually. There's some really, it's, it's of, really yeah. funny. But it is overall, uh, it has a darker tone, yes. It's, it's in a sort of emotional ringer. It goes to a darker place, I think we've gone before. But, Splot. Uh, but if you, if you just watch, uh, 
you know, towards the first few minutes of uh, the sixth Thatcher series, the blizzard of gags in it. It's not. It's, it's not really suddenly funny. something else yeah. at really all. And when you read the script, Amanda, did it feel? Did, did the lark thing strike you straight away? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we we as a company uh, got the scripts and <clears throat> we all came together and said, "This is." This is brutal. It's amazing, and this is. I think we. I think Lou, me, Yuna, Rupert, Ben, and Martin all decided that this was our favourite series. Definitely. Out of all so the who didn't? Rewind the tape. Mark. No, but we all. We all. Kind of, we all sort of were like, this is. This is really good, and this is the best one so far. We think. Yeah. It's, it is pretty good. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or it might just be okay. Or it might be a bit shit. It might be you a bit shit. Anything above okay. It's just a bit shit. Is a, is a, is, is, is a generous surprise. So is there anything else you want to say about the new series? Do you agree? Please, you agree? please watch it's the best one. Please watch <laughs> uh, We're not going to say it's the best I one. I think it's... it's uh, the, yeah, we do. The cast yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. The cast think it is. We're very proud of it. <laughs> very proud of it. Yeah. We are very proud of it. We've right, it. it's on the yeah. telly soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they how are, many weeks they are is it? How many weeks is it? How, yeah. how long have we got to wait? How many weeks? Two, three, two, three, wow. one, four, yeah. five, three. 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 Is it three? New Year's yeah. Day. I'm not asking you. You're, you've had loads of double vodkas. I don't know, yeah. You don't even know what day it is, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't. She's having three, yeah. five, yeah. five double vodkas, this girl, doesn't mm. I'm ramping them up, aren't I? Mm. Don't, don't wish your lives away. And I have to say, without sounding like some terrible Jeremiah, everybody who's wishing 2016 out of the way because it's been so ghastly, what makes you think 2017? <laughs> 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 it'll be good for about three weeks. First three weeks in January, it'll be amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And then it's going to go rapidly downhill. No, it's only two weeks, really. It's 15 days. I'm just looking at There'll be a new trail quite soon, won't there? Mm. Oh, okay. But I can't say when, can I? No. Can I? No, okay. We could if no. we wanted. Is there? <laughs> it's quite soon. When is it? You are when is the it? boss of Sherlock, darling. You can announce Tell it if me you want. No, they can't. They can't. Can we watch it now? Can we? No, I can't. It's not that soon. It's not that soon, sorry. It's very, very soon, the new trail. Very soon, like within... Within days. time. Within how many? Couple of hours? No. Days. Days. No. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Couple of days. We can wait. We can do that. We can well, wait. we didn't <laughs> screw that up at all. We draw a veil over that. Now let's throw them to the audience. We've got. We haven't got that long, but let's. We've got time for a few questions. Um, I love the music of Sherlock a lot, and I remember before series three, they gave us loads of, well, you, gave us um, like snippets of each of the pieces of the soundtrack, and I was wondering if that might happen again. Did we? Did, Did they? they? Yeah, it was on iTunes. Okay. Sue doesn't know about that. <laughs> I guess no. <laughs> Sue's not happy about that. She's going to be on I the board. I don't know. I'll, do, I'll, do find, I'll find out for you. We'll, we'll hum it for you. Yeah. Tweet David Arnold. He'll we'll do something about it. Have you? Have you asked him? Okay. No. okay. Well, well, we didn't even know what happened the last time. <laughs> <laughs> it won't happen again. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There my friend. There is some stunning music in this. My new best friend down there right now. I was wondering if you would ever consider a Moriarty spin-off. He's dead. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, dead, of, the, 
Moriarty continues to be dead for another episode. <laughs> I mean, like, of like the past of what made Moriarty Moriarty. But what, uh, well, you know he's going to end up shooting himself on the rooftop. It'd be depressing. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to be the greatest criminal ever. No, you're going to shoot yourself in front of a private detective for no good reason. Still just... tune in. And also, you know, it takes us two years to make three episodes of Sherlock. We... Do, you want us to... do you want us to go and do the Moriarty sequel instead? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hi, I was just wondering if there was any particular part of the books that you found hard to modernise and not make the same as others. Uh, well, there was, I mean, initially there were some things which just immediately felt, oh, you can, we can do that, so the pipe and tobacco, the three patches and stuff, it was like there's some immediate equivalents which were fun. The one we actually struggled with initially was, was, the, was the forensics because essentially... You know, Sherlock Holmes invented it, fictionally, and everybody, all police forces do it now. But then we sort of made a decision that as long as he was still the cleverest person in the room, then he was still had a role. That was the big one, really. Um, otherwise... Uh, the, the, the tough thing, the tough decision to make this sound so trivial now is they call each other Holmes and Watson uh, and in the books, and we had to call, we had to call yeah. each other Sherlock and John, yeah, which felt point. weird uh, for about a day, but uh, <laughs> and we're very used to it. Sherlock's not the first Victorian piece of literature that Stephen and Mark, had, that Stephen and Mark have been involved in updating, because there was Jekyll beforehand. <laughs> Sorry. There was Jekyll beforehand. But in Jekyll, you sort of play, play a nod to the Victorian counterpart, whereas mm -hmm. in Sherlock, you just update it straight into the 21st century and don't bother until the abominable bride pretending that mm. anything had happened before. Was that a conscious learning point from Jekyll, or how did you approach the two things differently? Um, it wasn't a conscious learning point, no, because it, it just was always the way we were going to do Sherlock Holmes. And I didn't uh, think of it as related to Jekyll at all. I know it looks as though it is, but it, it, it wasn't really. Uh, the thing that happened with Jekyll was I just worried that if someone goes around saying his, their name is Dr. Jekyll, they would say, well, where's Mr. Hyde? <laughs> but then we just completely ignored that. And Sherlock, when pe people, you know, in Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes turns up saying, I'm Sherlock Holmes, and no one laughs. So I maybe got it wrong in Jekyll, I don't know. <laughs> but there was, there's no connection between the two. Except, of course, that Mark played Robert Louis Stevenson in uh, And I also played Robert Louis Stevenson in the new series of Sherlock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, I don't. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that was just an error. <laughs> there's another gentleman right at the back uh, at the end. Gentleman. Another gentleman. Then I'll come to the lady in you the front row. Be, you could be friends now. You could, you could bond. Hello, uh, other gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, question from Mark. Um, uh, you've obviously been involved in a lot of very dark programmes, um, and uh, you've touched uh, <laughs> you've touched a few times on the fact that this series is going to be darker. D did you always plan on bringing a sort of darker element to Sherlock Holmes, or or were you, or was it just something you were always going to adapt in that way? So much for your comedy Your career, evil <laughs> No, not, no, there's nothing. Like, I mean, the thing is, it's, you know, the great thing about Sherlock Holmes is, it is a, it's a wonderful combination of things. People forget, really. If you, if you really know it and you really read it, it's, it's light. It's, they're, they're adventures. They're by, by definition, they're adventures. They're lurid, they're silly, they're strange, they're wonderfully, blood-pumpingly uh, exciting in a very kind of Conan Doyle way. Um, so there's not, the, the darkness is, is, is a sort of, it's a sort of, Fun horror, really, which I think is what always Sherlock. Certainly, what always appealed to me about Sherlock Holmes, uh, and I think the same about other things. I don't. I mean, I've been in a lot of 
darkish things, and, but not all of my creation. But I genuinely think we live in such dark times that, that um, escape, Sherlock should be escapism. And although our version is, it's very, you know, it's straight. We're not, not taking the mickey out of it at all. Of course not, because we love it. But it is always a heightened world. I remember there was a letter to the Radio Times after the great game about complaining about the golem, a seven-foot-two assassin called Golem. It's like, well, it's not a police procedural. It's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I mean, that's why, we, that's why we love it, you know. Um, and uh, so, no, no, there's certainly no mission plan to darken it. It's just actually this set of <coughs> stories and the way we take the storyline is, is, is darker, but it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, how much deeper are we going to go into Sherlock's mind palace this season? Seven feet. I'd say that's precisely right. I don't know how to answer that question, but I, 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 will, I will point out the whole existence of the mind palace was because we had a scene in, uh, in the Hounds of Baskerville which if you go back and look at the first time it's mentioned, the mind palace, he goes back into his mind palace to recover a vital piece of information. And it's all exciting, and there's text whirling around him, and it's really great. Thing. Wow, you're great, Sherlock Holmes, to be able to do that. The precy of this scene is actually, hang on, I've just remembered something. <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't really write that. So we, we went to this huge thing. Just to cover up, but, oh, hang on, I know where that is. <laughs> it has become a very useful device because, of course, it's... But then we made a point of saying in, in, in The Bombable Bride that, um, that it's a memory technique and, and it's, it has to... We, we, we knew we had to sort of slightly exaggerate it in order to get away with the idea of this massive flashback. Yeah. And it was actually Sherlock's drugs which had made the difference, you know. But I remember I first came across it in, in Hannibal, the, 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 no, the Thomas Harris novel, and it was, it's a very appealing idea that, you know... And I do sometimes... I, mean, I think I'm, when I'm on the tube... You know, with people like that, thinking, <laughs> I want a mind palace to retreat into. Yeah. Through this horrific journey. If you're interested in it, in Darren Brown's book, uh, Tricks of the Mind, is it called yeah. Tricks of the Mind? It does talk about exactly how a mind palace works. I mean, actually, how you can construct one for yourself. It won't involve you in a Byzantine flashback to Victorian London, because that's not <laughs> how it works. But uh, it is, it's actually incredibly interesting as a memory technique. But there are also certain things, aren't there, about the... Um, I've just remembered something that with filming that's always a problem, like phones. You've always got to find a reason why, why you can't just phone. Like yeah. You lose a signal or something. And the other one is, is that, that point when people are talking about something and then they wait weirdly to get in the car before they carry on no, the conversation. Yeah, they wait till they arrive, that's the truth. Isn't it? But you think, yeah. well, what have you been talking about all that time? Yeah. They, they forgot. Oh, look. <laughs> There's a film crew, we'll talk about it over there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this question is for Mark. Um, what is it about the umbrella for Mycroft that was just yeah. like, he's have always going to How long this. have you lived in this country? <laughs> always, always raining. Uh, actually, do you know what, though, in fairness, they're going to find out, so oh, yeah. keep watching. Oh, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> Good question, thank you. I heard Toby Jones is playing the new villain. How how was it like having him on set, and did he enjoy it? And stuff. Yep. Yeah. Oh well, he's, he's lovely, Toby. He's a very very funny man. Incredible. And scary. And, and genuinely scary. Very and when scary. he's being 
But no, but he would get into the mode of being genuinely mm. scary, uh, and he, he, he is terrifying. But he, but then he wouldn't really want to talk to people once he was in that mode. Mm. He'd get into the mode, and he'd 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 do something really diabolical and faintly disgusting in the story, and then he'd storm off the set and go over to a corner and sit like that, just <laughs> staying disgusting. I made the, uh, the, I made the of mistake of asking him for a coffee, if he wanted a coffee, and he didn't answer me. I was like, oh, I've offended him. But actually, um, he was, he, yeah, he, mm. he's very, well, no, not very method, but he kind of likes to stay in character, and it's great because you stay well away from him because mm. he is truly terrifying. Mm. I mean, that makes him sound weird. He's not at all. He's, the he's nice, not weird. He's the nicest man. And when, and, and, but and, he does kill people just he, to keep in character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of bludgeoning yeah. on set. Yeah. Nobody really important. So. No, not really. Yeah. Thank you very much. I think that's a great question to end. We, yeah. we have run, we yeah. can talk about Sherlock all night. We talk about it all month, all year. Mm. But we have, sorry, yeah. <laughs> we have places to go. <laughs> sorry. So I just want to thank everyone. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for your brilliant questions. Thanks to the panel, Mark, Sue, thank Stephen, you, and Amanda. Thank you, thank Wales. Thank you, Wales. Woo, Wales!